Hello and welcome to the Four Pets Podcast, presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and in this episode, I'm joined by my colleague, Adam Shupak. Adam is a senior writer with GolfWeek, GolfWeek.com, as well as USA Today Sports. And in the podcast you're about to hear, we discuss Stuart Sink's win, his second win of the PGA Tour season. Gets it done at the RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links on Hilton Head, down in South Carolina. Adam and I go deep on Stuart Sink's breakthrough win, discussing what it means for him at age 47 to come through with his second win. Remember, he won at the Safeway Open last fall. Big stuff from Stuart Sink. And then we get into a discussion about the article on GolfWeek.com that our colleague Eamon Lynch broke today, Tuesday, about the PGA Tour creating a $40 million bonus pool for big-name stars, basically, for being big-name stars. Really interesting stuff that was broken by Eamon Lynch today. And finally, we talk about this week's PGA Tour event where the players are going to be down... I wish I was in New Orleans. I love food. New Orleans is a great food place. I mean, obviously, this is where you want to be for food. Adam Schupack gets to go this week, but he is going to be at the Zurich Classic at TPC Louisiana. We preview this really interesting team format event, the one team event that the guys play every year on the PGA Tour. So sit back and enjoy. making his triumphant return once again the new dad it's uh it's great to have adam shupak back on the four press podcast how you doing pops what's going on i'm doing all right i'm actually getting a, a bit of sleep so you know no complaints loving it loving daddy wife diaper duty now is is mom getting a little bit of sleep as well a little bit i'm trying to help where i can you know she obviously has to get up a little bit more frequently than me for the uh for the mm-hmm. feedings but uh yeah no it's going going pretty smoothly the the first few weeks were, were a little tricky but uh her her uh her sister who has four kids came to visit taught her some jedi master tricks and uh <laughs> we're swaddling swaddling with great effect now swaddling is um neither of my kids took to it but uh basically anytime you can put a child essentially into a straight jacket and keep them from wiggling that's probably a good thing at this point i was i was hoping that that would work with our kids it did not um, which now that they are both getting bigger, I totally see because they neither of them sit down. So, um, hopefully, your daughter does she know night from day at this point? Is she sort of are you have you guys gotten to that point, or is it basically like sleeping and eating is is any time that that these things are happening? Yeah, I don't know if she quite knows night and day yet, but but uh, there've been some. We're up to about a five hour stretch of of consistent sleep, which, oh. is, which is pretty solid. And uh, you're yeah, walking I think, in tall cotton there. I think uh, I think she does have a future, uh, you know, as a magician maybe because she's got some Houdini arms getting out of that swaddle. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, you know, Stuart Sink is no Houdini, but he was able to get his arms into a very nice plaid jacket, uh, having won at Harbortown Golf Links on Sunday. Would you wear that jacket? I mean, the winner of the jacket, the green jacket is really nice. You win the Masters, you get the green jacket. Would you wear that plaid jacket that they give out for winning at Harbortown? If I won a PGA Tour event, I'd I'd wear that thing all the time. I'd probably sleep it. I'd probably sleep at it at night too. Little little plaid jammies, you know that'd be that'd be kind of nice. So, uh, so Stewart saying horses for courses. This is not the first time that uh, he has won this event. But um, raise your hand, everybody, if you saw Stewart Sink be the player who was going to win the first PGA Tour event after the Masters. Although he did play well. Didn't he at Augusta? How how surprising is it to you that uh, he's able to get it done at the RBC Heritage? I mean, I don't know. I disagree with you. I don't think it surprises me that much at all. He's been playing great golf. I watched him win at the Safeway uh, back in September. It was the feel-good story of the year. I mean, I really, like, 
at that point in time with COVID going on and the pandemic, it, I think golf needed something like that with him winning after all those years and, uh, and, and having his son on the bag. And now Reagan's doing it full time. And, and, and really, I mean, it's made a notice, noticeable difference. And to me, one of the coolest things was that Tom Watson um, went on Twitter and congratulated him on this victory after, you know, mm. the guy broke his heart at uh, would have been one of the great stories ever in sports at the yeah. 2009 British Open. Um, but we won't, we'll, we'll let that go. It's still a, a sore wound for some of us, uh, me in particular. But um, no, I think I think what Stuart Sink's doing is, is really impressive. And the part that is blowing my mind is, is the distance gains that he's made this year. Have you, have you noticed that? I know that he's hitting the ball great. Um, I have not, I'll be, be honest. I have not been, been up on Stuart Sink's stats other than the one that always catches me, um, with somebody like him 47, that's yeah. how old Stuart Sink is. And, um, I, I don't know that he's ever had really serious injuries that have been debilitating to him to the point where like, you know, making a good golf swing was going to be a challenge, um, or, or doing stuff like that. But two wins this season, um, at age 47 means he gets to basically cruise right into the champions tour should he choose to go that way. But two wins also means that he can totally compete on the PGA tour. Now, both of those wins, RBC heritage had some really nice players in the field. Safeway, not quite as stout, but the bottom line is he got it done. I guess to, to me, Shoop, the thing was like after he wins Safeway, um, I didn't see two win a two win season from a 47 year old Stuart Sink. I guess that that's the part that surprises me is that at this point in his career, he's good for two pops in one year. And obviously he was. So hats off to Stuart Sink. Yeah, he, he's had a pretty solid career overall. Probably should have had another major, you know, had the chance at the uh, PGA at Southern Hills where he missed a little short yeah. putt. Um, I, you know, he's always impressed me as a solid player. I think, you know, I, I give him so much credit for how he just took a step back and when his wife had cancer, really um, made that the focus of his of his life and his attention and golf became very secondary as, you know, totally understandable. Um, and I, I think I think that maybe is probably the biggest reason for the blip that he had a bit of a stretch where he didn't win for, you know, it was, it was closing in on a decade. And, uh, you know, you know these guys are so good now, these young kids coming along. But he has added over 20 yards this year in driving distance. It's pretty impressive. He credits uh, Cornell Dreesen, who's really helped uh, Webb Simpson get some extra distance, was Jason Day's guy when he was number one in the world. Um, that guy deserves some serious kudos. And, and uh, you know, he just destroyed the field on, on Thursday and Friday uh, had the, the big lead and then did what he needed to do on the weekend and, and you know, stared down uh, one of those young guns and Colin Morikawa, number four in the world, on mm -hmm. Sunday, paired with him in the final day. I, I was interested to see how that would go. And, you know, Morikawa missed a short putt, um, a four-footer for, for par on the second hole, a hole where you, he was thinking birdie from just short of the green and two and uh, ends up making a bogey, and I feel like he was done right then, that that early in the in the final round, and nobody really got within, uh, I think a couple guys got within three, but uh, Stuart Sink pretty much coasted to victory and a really impressive victory. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of drama, that's for sure, um, and he went lights out. And, and to the event, now I have the numbers in front of me. Stuart Sink is now averaging 306 yards off the tee. He's 26th in driving distance on the PGA Tour this year, age 47. Ranked twenty sixth. Yeah, and he was the one that he was catches my eye right away. Year. Yeah, is is he's number one in greens and rag. 
Now, greens and reg is a little bit of a, I mean, you'd rather have good greens and reg than bad. Um, that doesn't necessarily equate to making lots of birdies because there are a lot of guys who play it really safe, aim for the fat part of the green. And if you're not really good at long putting, then you can have a greens and reg stat that that's wonderful, but not get anything out of it. He's still hitting, you know, three out of every four greens. You know, he's at 73 and a half percent, uh, right now he's 20th in birdie average, um, the one that his accountant likes is he's 11th in official prize money. He's already won $3.2 million this year. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, that combination when he puts together that kind of ball striking, he is he's a little bit more wayward off the tee than he used to be. But the iron play is there. The putting is better than average. He ranks 66th in strokes gained putting. So if you're a good iron player and you're a slightly better than average putter, then you should be able to compete, and he's proving that he's he certainly can. I've got a funny Stuart Sink story for you. In that, um, what was the year? Was it uh, was it thirteen or fourteen? When did we have the PGA at Whistling Straits? Um, that was um, was it two thousand thirteen? I f- I forget. Um, it's because I'm getting old now. But Stuart Sink is right there with me, getting old. So we're out there at a practice round. It's the Tuesday. Uh, at Whistling Straits, and there's a big thunderstorm that comes up, and I'm out on like 13 or 14 following Stuart Sink. Paul Casey was there, a couple other players, and there is a covering, basically like a storm cover, that's that's out on this point. We're at the farthest part of the golf course. We're nowhere near, and all of a sudden, it starts to really come down. And the players are allowed to go under the shelter, and the volunteer who was there was not going to let me into the shelter. And I'm literally standing there in a driving thunderstorm. And I've got a backpack that's got my camera in it. And Stuart and Paul Casey are both like, let him in, let him in. And they, they let me sort of come under the shelter. And I'm looking like a wet rat at this point. It was not a good scene. And we're there for a good 30 or 40 minutes. And there was plenty of room. And everybody's just sort of standing around. And Stuart and I start talking. And uh, I was at the point already where I was follically challenged. The hair was getting thin. It was that sort of like Julius Caesar comb forward to try and make it look good under a hat thing. And he was already shaving his head. And he told me, he's like, you just, just do away with it. Just be done with hair. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's like shave my head. Or like, how do you actually do that? He said, just go in the shower instead of shaving your face. Just lather up the, the part up top and just shave it all off. And um, Stuart Sink is now the guy. He convinced me that I should do that. And I did, and uh, yeah, so since since that chance encounter, <laughs> underneath whatever covering it was at Whistling Street, Stuart Sink is the guy who convinced me to uh, to go ahead and shave the head, and now uh, that's the reason why you should be going long on Gillette razor blades um, <laughs> in the stock market, because nice. yeah, twice a week, whether I want to or not, that's that that's how we do it. Okay, so good to know. The, mor- to the moral know. of the story is story. don't get caught in a rain delay with Stuart Sink. <laughs> <laughs> The moral of the story. Um, so what do you think about him going forward? I mean, is is do you think that he's one of those guys that when the golf course is still right, let's let's give him colonial, let's give him some of the shorter tracks where traditionally not quite as many of the big star players, they get good fields, but not great fields. I, I see, a, uh, for example, uh, Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open. I don't see him being a contender there. I don't know that I really believe in him right now at a place like the Ocean Course for the PGA Championship. But other venues, do you, how much do you like him? Do you think there's a third win that could possibly be in there? Well, I think if he can do it, if he gets another win, I mean, Steve Stricker's got to be thinking, hey, 
We could use a little veteran veteran player out there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's he's uh, tried and tested. He's played on several teams before, and um, boy, I mean, he's he's all of a sudden he's. I mean, I think I looked it up. He was number he's number twenty seven now, so he's still got a ways to go um, to break. You know, they're only the top six automatically qualified. But if he wins another event, I think that would be a, a pretty huge statement to have won to have won three in, in this short period of time and. Uh, you know, I, I think he would bring a lot to a team. I think he, sh- I, I don't, I don't, you know, you don't hear his name mentioned. He's not like in the club, so to speak, but he should, he's a guy who should be considered for a captain. I think, you know, he's great with the media. He's just a good, he, he's very into the psychology of the game. Um, I, I think he would be a very good captain down the road. I would be surprised personally if he is not a captain down the road. I, I, I agree. I think he is somebody that is universally respected. And admired by by everybody who's in and around the game, who makes the decisions about the game. Um, he's played on a bunch of teams and and has done lots of different stuff. At this point, I was looking at some of the numbers. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but I can see in this day and age, um, eight PGA Tour wins, one major. The duration of his career, you know, taking a look at it as a whole, the fact that at age forty seven again, a two win PGA Tour season. Um, is impressive to me if he's able to win another one then i think he certainly gets consideration for potentially getting on to the Ryder cup team um i think captaincy i think he would be a very popular captain i think that everybody likes him he's in that mold with zach johnson although zach now has obviously two majors um but they've played on a lot of teams and he was quietly a stud in some pretty dark times. I remember being at the K club and him beating Sergio Garcia in the singles when there weren't too many rays of light that day for the American team. Stuart sink was one of them. And yeah, I, I, I could see it. I'm not sort of sure. I don't see him as a hall of famer, but I see him getting a, a captaincy for the Ryder cup team. I, I think that's, I think he's, he's definitely a pick. So, um, our colleague, Eamon Lynch, breaks a little bit of news. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon in a story that we just put up on GolfWeek.com. Exclusive PGA Tour to create $40 million bonus pool for stars like Bryson DeChambeau and Tiger Woods. Um, essentially what this is is a new system called the Player Impact Program, that, according to Eamon, is being put out by the PGA Tour, which essentially is going to measure – the star power and and the the appeal, the buzz, if you will, of PGA Tour players, and then financially compensate them for it. Um, what was your reaction to this story, and and does this sort of make sense to you? What it sounds like is going to happen. Well, to me, it's the death knell of the Premier Golf League, and I think the PGA Tour. Look what's happening right now in soccer is just blowing my mind. This this Super League they're talking about. I think even though some of the top players have said that they they weren't going to do it, you know, Rory came out against it and, and others, um, I think there was still, there was such big money that they were throwing around that there was the potential that this thing could swoop in, create some big events, steal the big players, and then what is the PGA Tour, you know, what what is the future for the PGA Tour? I know they got a big TV deal and this and that, but if you don't have the top players, um, you know, you don't have a great product to sell anymore. And so I think the PGA Tour had to do something like this. Do I think it's really good? No, I don't think I don't think these eight got these these players that are going to share in this bonus money. Does Tiger Woods need another eight million dollars? We know he's he brings in the money, but he's also banking so much already. All these guys these t- these guys that are going to 
you know, benefit from this bonus money, I mean, they, they real none of them, none of them are hard up for this money, but they're going to get no, it. No, I, I mean, basically by definition, if you're somebody who qualifies for this money, you're already getting paid a lot. Um, and to sort of clarify for people, we, again, definitely head over to golfweek.com, check out Eamon's story. But the, the real bit of it is that, um, there are going to be metrics, measurable things that the PGA Tour is going to to throw into an algorithm, and the top ten players, um, who you know in their rank are going to get compensated, and they're going to split a pool of forty million dollars with the number one player getting eight million of that. So how are they going to sort of measure this? Well, one of the criteria is going to be positioning on the end of the year FedEx Cup point list. So that one we all can see. But then, for example, the popularity of a player on Google search. Their Q rating, which is sort of the familiarity, if you will, sort of like with branding amongst the general public. Another thing called the MVP index, which calibrates their engagement of and, and how much the player drives across social and digital channels. Um, other stuff that's going to be going with their Nielsen brand exposure rating, which places a value on the exposure of a player. Uh, the, um, let's see here, which places a value on the exposure a player delivers to sponsors through the minutes that they are featured on broadcast. So in other words, they're coming, they've are they come up with a bonus pool to compensate with a lot of money, players for being popular, for being stars, for getting and driving a lot of eyeballs to golf, driving eyeballs and awareness for the sponsors. Um, if you are a, rec, you know, a, a journeyman player, somebody who's ranked you know 60 to 100, how do you feel about this? Well, you, you probably... You probably don't like it begrudgingly accept the fact that look these are the guys that are allowing me to make big bucks i mean i have a chance a to lot play of money yeah for 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 huge money and it, it gets it's going to grow um uh, it's going to grow pretty pretty big in the next couple of years when the when the new tv deal kicks in i mean the money is going to yeah. the purses are going up really large um so I, I i you know i don't think you can make too you know there'll be some guys that'll complain a bit but uh, but they really shouldn't because you know it it is the the Rickies and Brysons and uh, Jordans who are are making it so that they have the opportunity. You know the Tom Hoagies can go out there and 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 have this uh, you know wonderful life that they get and get to compete. You know in all these tournaments. Um, so you know I don't I don't think you should I don't think any of them should be complaining too loudly. Did you ever hear of the Meltwater mentions? Uh, no, that was a me. new one on me. Um, there are a couple of these things that are out here. Yes, the the meltwater mentions, which is the frequency with which a player generates coverage across a range of media platforms. Yeah, this is all new stuff, and this is very much the corporate speak. Um, you know, a lot of the different stuff that the folks behind the scenes that Jay Monahan works with at the PGA Tour. These, this is their world. Like they're looking at this stuff. Obviously, it's their job to look at this stuff. Um, I think every week, torn, though, um, I, I think every week, though, they should have Sansi and Amanda with like their their whiteboard and, and, and showing us the updated list. You know, just, just I don't think do, that'll happen, graphics, but it would be bring, fantastic. Bring them over to the Telestrator. You know, yeah. Maybe we can do, bring up like my, you know, Mike Fratello to, to sort of work the Telestrator for us and get it going. Um, but the, but at the end of the day, there was there's a comment in Eamon's story that is attributed um, from uh, from who, who was that? Oh, it was um, it was Brooks Kepka. Kepka was talking to Eamon about it and was like, look, we all owe – this is all because of Tiger. And they did, a, they did a simulated thing of what would have happened if they did all this stuff in 2019. 2020 obviously being a crazy year. Um, 
Tiger would have won the $8 million because having won the Masters and driving so much interest and creating so much buzz around the sport and obviously for his sponsors, he brings the most value. That should not come as a surprise to anybody. But Kepka's basically, and I think pretty much everybody, has always said, look, look, we're playing for what we're playing for because Tiger Woods has been so popular and has driven so much interest in our sport. We all and our accountants owe an enormous debt of gratitude as well as a financial to Tiger Woods. And this is a way for basically the PGA Tour to keep doing that type of thing for these players. It'll be fascinating to see if somebody like Ricky Fowler ends up bringing home two or three million bucks out of this bonus pool, while Ricky Fowler right now is dropped out of the world's top 100 and is in free fall. Um, how people are going to basically see that. From, from a metric standpoint, he's still, people are still interested in him. People are talking about him now, not always in a positive way. And I guess this these metrics and these these analytics will be able to sort of separate positive stories from negative, I, I guess. Um, but what's going to end up being the reaction when guys who aren't, who, who are stars but are not performing, how are you going to feel, Shoop, about a guy getting, you know, here, here's a million and a half bucks for being famous, you know, as opposed to here's another million for actually being a really good golfer and playing well this year? Yeah, I, I, I can understand that, but also, like, Ricky Ricky works pretty hard to, to be on all he does all those commercial shoots. I mean he's getting paid to do them, but that's a lot of time and effort involved. He's signing all those autographs. He's he's going he's you know coming into the media center pretty much every Tuesday, you know, every tournament on a Tuesday or Wednesday when he plays and answering questions after the rounds. There's a there's a lot so these guys, you know, so this money isn't just being handed to him. But the other quote in the story from Eamon was from a, a veteran player with multiple tour wins. Um, who, who made the point that, you know, if you're not already in this category, it's hard to break in mm -hmm. because the same people are going to be on TV. They're the same names being put on PGA Tour Live. So they're going to they're going to do the same people are going to continue to do well in these a lot of these, uh, you know, in the algorithm based on what they're you're going to kind of be giving money to the same people year in, year out. Uh, it takes I think it'll take a, a while to cycle for the cycle to change for Ricky. You know, even if he, he say had three or four poor years in a row, he's still going to be one of those top five guys no matter what. Phil Mickelson could be in this thing for, you know, he could be getting money while he's on the champion store for another five years. <laughs> oh, I think so. I mean, what I think it's going to take, Shoop, is somebody to come out and do something like Lightning, like we're seeing from Will Zalatoris, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, you get a guy who's got a meteoric rise up the rankings. Um, I guess technically he's not a PGA Tour member still, but... Do, going by his model, where you get a top finish at the U.S. Open, you're able to get your world ranking up, and then all of a sudden, Will Zalatoris, over the course of a weekend, is you know second at the Masters. People are buzzing all over the place on social media. There are stories on GolfWeek.com and other media outlets about who is this guy? Ha ha! He looks like the caddy from from Happy Gilmore. You know, all of a sudden, there's actually a financial gain to be had for somebody like Will Zalatoris by having celebrities and movie stars all of a sudden tweeting about them, about creating buzz. So when Adam Sandler puts out something like, hey, Mr. Gilmore is going to be watching and pulling for you, that actually helps out somebody like Will Zalatoris. And with this situation now, it could help him out financially. You know, So you, you almost need to, I would imagine, have this lightning fast, meteoric kind of rise if you're going to break into here. Somebody like Ryan Palmer, this is not going to help the Ryan Palmers of the world, even if they're able to grind it out and get a win or two. Now, it's going to help them out 
when you win, you're on TV because theoretically you're in like one of the last groups. You're going to be on television more. Um, but I, I don't know that that necessarily breaks you into are people doing a lot more stuff on your MVP index rating, your Q rating? No. But the Will Zalatoris model, it it clicks all these things. The Google searches, which evidently this is a part of it, people are going to be looking up who is Will Zalatoris. That's going to help. Check the box. He's getting some points. Check the box towards FedEx Cup stuff. His Nielsen brand exposure rating. I mean, like that. It's. I, I will be curious to see if veterans, to your point, are able to get into this, or if it's going to require a young person, a, a new player, exploding onto the scene so that they could tick all these boxes. Colin Morikawa would have done it in 2020, winning the PGA Championship, um, being a relatively new person on the scene. People are going to search and be looking for him all over the place. Um, he becomes one of TaylorMade's leading players. Two years ago, I think he was just getting ready to, to turn pro. You know, So it's, I think it's going to take something like that, don't you? Yeah, I, I, just, I mean, I think there's there's not a lot of incentive involved in this. I think it's more just paying for the paying off the people with the box office appeal, you know. And that's that's you know, Tiger was the guy who moved the needle and 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 got the TV ratings. If when he plays, you see such a difference in, in TV ratings, such a difference in uh, the number of people wanting to attend an event, the media that that will go to an event versus you know, uh, there there just only a handful of guys that really can uh that can do it and now now they're going to be compensated and it, it really like going back to the first thing i said this is all about just um making sure that the premier golf league will go away and i think i think there's you know they haven't just you would have thought they would have gone away by now but they they supposedly are still around and, and maybe they're going to give it a run but they're going to need uh they're going to need to really be able to come up with some some big big bucks to uh attract the best players in the world to, to participate in. And maybe it'll be a super league type thing, like what they're talking about with soccer. Cause that money is just, just cuckoo. I think that there were enough players that came out. I was surprised that, that the, um, the PGL was still a thing the premier golf league that the people, there was still either fear or there, there was a decision that this needs to be handled to sort of kill this thing off and, and remove the threat. The premier golf league, could have posed to the PGA Tour. I haven't heard anybody really talking about that in many months, if not a year or two, after we heard that Rory McIlroy said, look, he in no way was ever going to be associated with that. Um, he didn't like the fact that the money was coming from Saudi Arabia. Um, Brooks Kepka said some things like that. Um, I can't imagine at this point that, I mean, Tiger Woods, we hope we get to see him play golf, period, again, let alone become a driving force in something like that. Um, I, I don't, Maybe the threat was still there. I, I thought that the whole idea behind the Premier Golf League being a viable threat to pulling elite golfers off of the PGA Tour in a meaningful way, I didn't see it. Clearly, they must have. Or this incentive program was worked on last year in 2020 when we still had a lot of questions about it. And they just wanted to make sure that they they did this. But I don't see the scenario where the Premier Golf League they, they, there were certain players that you would have to have. If you were going to start something like that, you would need to have Tiger, Rory. You would need to have Brooks. You need to have the people that move the needle, the same people that are going to be compensated by this. They were already saying they weren't going to go, or they certainly weren't jumping up and down saying, like, I can't wait until this becomes a reality. So how viable do you think, or like how much of a real threat do you think the Premier Golf League either was or, or certainly is before the announcement of this? 
I think it's I think it's been a real threat. I really do. I, I think uh, I think the PG. I think this was a total reaction to th- that potential threat, and uh, and now I think I don't see how it's going to go unless the money becomes so exorbitant that the players and then and their wives just say, um, "Wow, we, we gotta we gotta go do this. This is this is too good to be true." Like that, it's going to have to be. Um, to that extent, kind of like the way the money they're talking about with with this uh, breakaway soccer soccer circuit is is looking like. I mean, mm. I, I don't. I, I but I think this probably should squash it. I think this was a, a total reaction to that. It's a pretty good deal. I'll tell you what. It's basically pay, paying the stars to be stars and to be good guys. You know, so um, the Ricky Fowlers, the the Bryson DeChambeaus, the people that move the needle get compensated a little bit extra. And part of me doesn't have a problem with that. Most of me doesn't have a problem with that because I see golf as, yes, a sport, of course. Um, A major component of it also is entertainment. And it is theater. It's it's athletic theater. I get it. But like to me, I want to see the stars compete on the biggest stages, hopefully play well. It's stuff that it's what we love. It's one of the reasons why the WGCs to me are always really fun. Why why do I love the players' championship? It's a fun golf course. It's a great golf course. And we see typically some of the best fields. We see the best players competing against each other. Um, so that's what I want. And if, you know, that they're the people that create the buzz. They're the ones that, that you tune in to see. Um, there's a reason why we tuned in to see the match. Now, we were devoid of golf at that point. But it was Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson in made-for-TV golf entertainment um, with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. It was stars. It was entertainment. And we haven't seen enough of Tiger versus Phil over the years. We loved that. So I, it's entertaining to me. And if they're going to be compensated like you know, movie stars who get the top billing, get the top dollars, I don't have a huge problem with that. As long as it, over time, new stars are added as, as other ones sort of fade, you know, they, they've got rules, they've got metrics, it's going to work, and, and I get it. I, I guess the part to me, I just did not feel that the Premier Golf League today was was that much of a threat i believe you that they think it is but i was just like i i I don't see the scenario where all of a sudden you know six of the top 15 players in the world say yep you know what we're going to go and play these global events we're not going to be worried too much now about our pga tour commitments we'll play the majors because we know that we're big players and we're already qualified based on our world ranking and we're just going to go do this for the next year or two or three um i didn't i didn't see it coming but um you were going to be heading over I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you think about during the pandemic, PGA Tour, I mean, they took a big hit with a lot of tournaments being canceled, the three months off. Absolutely. They did not lower any purses. And why did they not lower any purses once once golf came back? Because they felt the threat of the Premier Golf League and they wanted to make they were not going to take anything out of the players um, players purses. That was the they would do anything before they did that because they got to keep they had to keep the players and in particular the stars happy. They didn't want to give the Premier Golf League any inroad, any little little hole that they could say, "Oh, you know, you guys aren't even playing for as much as you normally do." So I th- I think the tour was has been very concerned about this break off league and um, and I, I think they've done what they had to do to make sure that it goes away and you know partnering with the European Tour as well. Um, the, the fact that they are teaming up with the, P, the European Tour instead of the European Tour, who had some talks with the Premier Golf League, 
I think that also, you know, there really isn't, I, I don't see how um, the Premier Golf League works after this. No, I don't, I, I don't either. I, I just, the, the, the checks you would have to stroke would be astronomical. Even, even by professional golf standards, it would just be foolish money. And uh, even then, I don't know that it's going to happen. What, now, the over-under on beignets for you this week, I'm going to set at four and a half. Is that Ooh. about right? Oh, I'm I'm going a few days less than normal, so I'm not. I'm, oh no, uh, no 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 no. That that could that could give me a chance at the under, maybe. We'll see. So New Orleans, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, the team event now on the PGA Tour calendar. I have never been. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated about how combinations of players come together. Certainly, branding helps. <laughs> you tend to see some guys uh, who have the same clubs in their bags seeming to to come together uh some sometimes not um tell me what you're looking forward to seeing this week at uh in new orleans yeah i've been to this event before in both you know it used to be an individual event changed in 2017 I, I think it was a brilliant move by the pga tour and by the zura classic to do so because you know this is we're in a, the post masters hangover right now typically a time where some of the top players are, you know, they've been playing a long stretch and they need some time off. But this event, it's just it's just different enough. And for some guys, like, they, they, they enjoy that team factor. And I really think, I'm a little disappointed, to be honest, that more, more uh, Ryder Cup potential players aren't playing in this. But I think this is an opportunity to show Steve Stricker, to show Padraig Harrington, look, uh, I'm pretty good at, at best ball and alternate shot format. And, 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 you know, this could be another feather in somebody's cap for, for being a potential captain's pick down the road. So I like that they're, that they've changed this event. Um, TPC, Louisiana, maybe not, uh, Pete Dye's best design of all, you know, <laughs> you didn't have a lot to work with and with the swampy grounds, but, um, I think this is breathes some life into the event, into an event at a, at a time when, uh, you know, it, the event kind of needs a little help. And, you know, these guys enjoy the team format and you, you see some, some uh, teams with some great chemistry guys that have played college golf together, or, you know, uh, Kevin Kisner, Scott Brown play all the time at home at Palmetto and South Carolina. And, and they, they uh, lost in the playoff the first year. You got countrymen um, like Cameron Smith and, uh, and uh, Mark, Mark Leishman, Leishman, who are going to be paired together. And then, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the branding. Well, we um, Tony Finau was explaining that it was his agent who uh, put him and Cameron Champ kind of together and started that friendship. They both have the same agent. And, um, you know, those guys got to play together at the QB shootout uh, late last year and feel mm -hmm. like they have some good chemistry together. They're, they're calling themselves Team Send It, and, uh, and that they will do. Yeah, it's uh... – Team, team send it. Oh, please. Um, it's right away when I was taking a look at the teams that were playing, my mind immediately went to Ryder Cup because uh, the two that I'm most fascinated with seeing, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley. Um, if I'm Steve Stricker, thank you very much, boys, and, and get used to it because that could certainly uh, work out very, very nicely uh, at Whistling Straits. Bubba Watson and Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler is one that... I love the idea of having him on the Ryder Cup team. I like the idea of bringing in some new blood, a guy who played brilliantly in match play. I just think ran out of gas against Billy Horschel, um, but clearly can really play. Bubba Watson, who loves Ryder Cup, um, great shot maker, both you know really fun guys, different personalities. Um, I love those kind of things. And Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk, 
who I always get confused. <laughs> I basically always swap out one for the other, but um, you start to see these different things. And I like the fact that, you, as you said, um, tournaments looking for identities, tournaments trying to differentiate themselves from the pack. I miss the Stableford system that we used to get up at Castle Pines uh, with the International in Colorado every summer. I always thought that was really fun. And it, in some ways, must just break up the monotony um, of yet another 72-hole stroke play event, cut after you know 36 holes, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I think this is thoroughly enjoyable. I wish more of the biggest name star players played in this. But it is a tough time on the schedule, which I would imagine was one of the big parts, wouldn't it be, Shoop, to uh, you know, encourage the, the people who are running this event that, look, like you're two weeks after the Masters and a couple weeks before the PGA Championship. This is an easy you know, event for people to miss unless you do something special, make it fun. And they've embraced it. Yeah, it's working really well. Um, John Rahm, number two in the world, is back as, one, as defending champ. Uh, Part of a team that, that is the defending champ um, with uh, Ryan Palmer, and then Ryan you Palmer. got Colin yeah. Morikawa playing with with Matt Wolf. I think you know that's kind of a fun team to see those young guns paired together. It's gonna be it's gonna be some good golf. There'll be some good eating going on. They have probably the best pro am food of any tournament. They'll have some of the best restaurants in New Orleans decked out at every tee as they usually do. There's also uh, I love this. There, there's a canoe filled with crawfish at the at the oh. driving range, um, and some other variety, of various good eats, um, and just one of the best cities to eat in. No question about it. Oh, I, I'm I'm just so insanely jealous. Crawfish is. Please tell me you eat crawfish. Some people get grossed out by it. I, it's it's not. I'm you know I'm more interested in the uh, grilled oysters while I'm, while I'm there mm. and the the barbecue shrimp. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat well. I'm gonna bring my uh, stretchy stretchy pants and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you bringing like the big Ziploc bag to you know bring home every night, you know, and for the plane ride back home to Florida on Sunday or Monday, you've got a big Ziploc, the gallon Ziploc bag stuffed in the backpack, and it's got all kinds of like yummy little de delicacies and stuff like that to bring home to the kids. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> the stretchy pants. Um, anything else you're working on, shoot for this week? Otherwise, we'll be looking for your stuff. Uh, from Louisiana this week on golfweek.com. Anything else you got you, you, uh, that you're working on? Nah, nothing, uh, you know, just 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 uh, plugging away on the usual, I guess. Nothing special. So I'm going to leave you with this one. I got dropped today. I uh, This is the first time that this has ever happened to me. And I don't know, well, I do know. So I went out and I snuck in 18 holes while the boss wasn't looking this morning. First thing, I, I teed it up at 7.07 a.m. here in Connecticut. Gorgeous day. And there was another single right in front of me. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, like, you wanna, do you want to play together? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem at all. Younger guy. Uh, came to find out that he is a, uh, a student at Yale, so bright. Clearly, they don't teach him everything at Yale. Because let's say that the golf, the golf coolness, uh, I was ticked off. And you tell me if I should be or shouldn't be on this one. So the first hole, um, we're, we're no practicing, no warm-ups. The range isn't even open yet. We go out. And I hit my first shot left, hit a halfway decent punch out, pitch it up there, miss the putt. It's bogey. Okay. This kid hits a beautiful little cut three wood, pitches one up there, has a kick in par. I'm like, oh, he's playing good. I'm asking, are you on the team at Yale? Ivy League sports uh, this spring not happening because of COVID. They didn't play sports at all this year uh, in the Ivy League. Nothing in the fall, winter, or spring. Second tee, he hits... A drive and he's playing from all the way at the back in the on the blacks and he should he he had me by 
15 or 20 yards off the tee. I hit one right into the rough. Now I'm looking for my ball. The rough is pretty thick. It's wet. And he plays his second. Fine. I, I love me some ready golf. I'm all about that. I find my ball. I'm taking it out. I'm getting ready to hit. I look up at the green and he's on the green putting. And I'm just, I just sort of stop. And then he walks off. I hit my approach shot, which hits the green. He waves up and is like, hey, I'm just going to leave. Um, have a great day. <laughs> off he, he goes. He Rory sabatini you. I'm like, what the hell did I just do? I didn't do anything. I made one bogey, which was like a kick in. And I didn't like hit it OB and like, you know, whatever. And I had asked him on the first team, like, hey, you know, like I, you know, if you're looking to play quick, I'm looking to play quick as well. But, you know, we're two singles. But, but a lot of people like to play by themselves. Did I do something wrong? What the hell did I do? I didn't smell. I was outside. <laughs> I don't know. That's 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 uh sounds like a real Yaley there. That's like some Yale behavior. I, you know, clearly they're not teaching him everything in New Haven. It clearly they're not not finishing him up. Although he did tell me that students, it's still really hard for them to get on the golf course at Yale, which is perennially the number one ranked collegiate golf course in the country by Golf Week. Is is the golf course at Yale? I uh, have played there. It's tremendous. But he said they make it a real pain yeah, for the players. Yeah, I was wondering what he, why he wasn't playing. Yeah, there. why was he playing the dog track that I was playing at? He could have been playing at Yale. But, uh, and he took an Uber about a half an hour to get there. I saw him getting out of the Uber to come up, which I respected. But I'm like, wow, college isn't uh, not exactly pinching pennies. We're taking the Ubers a half an hour, 45 minutes through Connecticut to get to our golf game on a Tuesday morning. At any rate. Was, sh- he, was he a Sally's guy? I think he was probably Peppy's, which Peppies. also tells I'm a you a Peppies few guy. things as well. I'm a yeah, I mean, guy. So we, we don't we don't need any of that. Shoot, travel safe, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the four press. All right, thanks for having me.